If you live around Charlottesville, you very well may have heard of Sally Hemings, an enslaved woman owned by Thomas Jefferson. As a very young woman, Sally Hemings negotiated with Jefferson to free their children who were born into slavery. What you probably haven't heard is the story of what happened to those kids. That's what we're talking about today with David McCormick. He's the founder and artistic director of the Early Music Access Project. He has recently created a downtown walking tour about the remarkable musical careers of the Hemings family and the other black fiddlers of Monticello. WTJU's Mary Garner McGee brings us this story. Jefferson and Sally Hemings had three boys. The oldest, Beverly, played for the dances hosted at Monticello by Jefferson's grandchildren. There's some evidence that middle son Madison was also a fiddler, but it was young Eston, born in 1814, who would make a career as a musician upon gaining his freedom and moving to Ohio. And that was in part due to the great hardship that he faced here in Charlottesville. Um, there were many laws that were up against free black people in Charlottesville at this time. And so it was in Ohio that he became known as a fiddler and was able to make a living as a musician. He made quite an impression in the town of Chillicothe, Ohio, as is evident in this newspaper quote written decades after his death. When they struck up Money Musk or Wesson's Slaughterhouse, he was a chump indeed. He could sit by and look on without clinching onto a pretty girl and joining the merry throng. Eston's band featured violin, clarinet, and cello, playing all of the most popular dance tunes of the day, including Money Musk. It's no surprise to find out that this was one of his father's favorite tunes. Jefferson at one point copied the tune out in one of his own music books. Join us tomorrow to learn about Eston Hemings' cousins, the Scots. And to take the tour in person, go to earlymusicseville.org. This week, we're going to take you along with us on a tour of early music in downtown Charlottesville. Our guide is David McCormick. He's the founder and artistic director of the Early Music Access Project. And for the past few years, he's been researching a few black fiddlers who had remarkable musical careers despite the challenges of living as a free black person in antebellum Charlottesville. Yesterday, we heard about Eston Hemings, the son of Sally Hemings and Thomas Jefferson, who became a famous fiddler in Ohio. The rest of the week, we'll be talking about Sally Hemings' sister's family, the Scots. The Scots were cousins of the Hemings family fiddlers. Family patriarch Jesse Scott, whose mother was from the Pamunkey Indian tribe, and whose father, a white man, would become governor of Kentucky, was infamous locally having played violin for Lafayette's 1824 visit to Charlottesville and for numerous U.S. presidents. He married into the Hemings family and had a number of children, including three fiddle-playing sons. They played all over Virginia for college graduations, picnics and balls, and entertained every sitting U.S. president for decades. Another place that the Scots played is the, the mineral springs or the hot springs that are throughout Virginia and West Virginia. And what I find really remarkable about that is that this is a place where slave owners from all over the South were coming together, and it's a place where white supremacist racist thought is sort of congealing. And the black servants and enslaved people in this place were not treated well. 
but the Scots were given very nice accommodation. They ate the same food as the white patrons. They were treated with great respect in those places. So I think that's quite remarkable and really um, speaks to their ability to make the most of a very difficult situation. Join us tomorrow to hear about the repertoire of the Scots and the Hemmings. This week, we're taking you along with us on a tour of early music in downtown Charlottesville. Our guide is David McCormick. And for the past few years, he's been researching the musical careers of Sally Hemings and Thomas Jefferson's free black children, as well as Sally Hemings' nieces and nephews, the Scots. The Scots were cousins of the Hemings family fiddlers. And the family band usually consisted of three fiddlers, though there's some notable exceptions. We have Robert Jr., who often joined them on cello. Some of them were known to have played flute. And Jesse's wife was also a pianist, who reportedly joined them from time to time. They played all over Virginia for college graduations, picnics and balls, and entertained every sitting U.S. president for decades. And they made a point to learn all of the very fashionable opera dances from Europe. Two such dances come from Meyerbeer's opera, Robert Le Diable. So whether we're talking about Thomas Jefferson, Eston Hemings, or Jesse Scott, they all would have known the Virginia Reel both the music and the dance. It was often the last tune of the evening and everyone was expected to know the dance steps. I'll be playing a version close to the one found in the Monticello Music Collection. To be honest, the one in the music collection is not that interesting, so I found one that was close, but a little more fun to play. Tune in tomorrow to learn a little bit more about the Hemings family and the Scott family. And to take the tour in person, go to earlymusicseville.org. This week, we're taking you along with us on a tour of early music in downtown Charlottesville. Today, we're picking up the tour at the Slave Auction Block Marker, just outside the Albemarle County Circuit Court building. None of our fiddlers were bought or sold in this, in this place, but the, the stain of slavery is certainly felt here and was felt by them and their family members. There's a story that Jesse Scott, one of our fiddlers, uh, purchased the freedom of Joseph Fawcett's wife, who was enslaved at Monticello at one point, and two of his children in an effort to keep a part of that family together. After emancipation, the local African-American community quickly started a few major institutions, like First Baptist and Mount Zion churches and a school which became known as the Jefferson School. One of our fiddlers, Robert Scott Jr., received an elite, integrated education in Boston, and then he returned to Charlottesville to become one of the first black teachers at the Jefferson School. So Robert Jr. was sent to the Elliott School in Boston and then became one of the first black teachers at this new Jefferson School. And also his family, the family of fiddlers, would play for the school functions at the Jefferson School. They were very much involved in their, their church and school community here. But in spite of everything I've told you about him, you know, he was highly educated, well-respected, a school teacher, a cellist, played in the family band that was famous all over Virginia. 
he still faced enormous hardships. Um, and it's, it's in the accounts of the day that there was this highly educated black man that was facing such discrimination in this town. Come back tomorrow for the last installment on the Hemings and Scott family fiddlers. All week, we've been taking you along with us on a tour of early music in downtown Charlottesville. At the close of the tour, David McCormick showed us all a photo of the Scott family band in action during the Reconstruction era. I have a photo. There's, um, this is the Scott family band playing at a barbecue, which was hosted by R.T.W. Duke, who was a Confederate colonel and uh, a congressman, a United States congressman. So you can see there's some, um, there's some servants uh, making the barbecue over here, and then the, the Scott family fiddlers are on one side of the photo. But you'll notice that they are arm-in-arm arm with the white elite of Charlottesville while their black counterparts are hunched over the barbecue pit. And it really tells you a lot about their status in Charlottesville society, that they weren't off to the side. They weren't working. They were standing and posing with the white elite of Charlottesville. And it speaks to their sort of dual citizenship. You know, culturally, they were definitely black. They were active at Mount Zion Baptist Church. They were active at the Jefferson School. But in terms of the law, they did everything they could to be thought of as white so that they would have every advantage. So I want to um, close with a quote. So this is a quote about the Scots from a local newspaper. And such music they made as the gods of Terpsichore will never hear again in this generation. Such music as caused the old chateau to rock and reel to the cadence of the tripping feet and made old hearts young again. Thanks for tuning in this week to hear about an important part of our collective musical history. For more information about Eston, Madison, and Beverly Hemings and the Scott family, or to take the tour in person, go to earlymusicseville.org.